We've all been raised on television to believe that one day we'd all be millionaires and movie gods and rock stars. But we won't. We're slowly learning that fact. And we're very, very pissed off. Welcome back to another edition of the podcast. Uh, yeah, oh, so much going on. Uh, you wouldn't believe it. No, you would believe it because I'm about to tell you. Uh, it's actually fairly believable, honestly. It's not that remarkable. But it's, it is uh, amazing for me, uh, someone who is uh, fairly sedentary and doesn't like to move around a whole lot. Uh, it's been a busy week. So, uh, I'm sorry, busy month. Uh, so it is, uh, what is it, February. It's right after, it's uh, recently after Valentine's Day, uh, 2013. And uh, this means, of course... Uh, It's that special time of year, ladies and gentlemen, that time when we celebrate San Francisco Sketchfest. But before we get to Sketchfest, there is a small controversy that uh, happened about a month ago. And I just it was so crazy that I just had to uh, play you this bit because as 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 big as controversy controversies are in my in my little universe and the people I follow and the things that I like I understand that not everybody you know is interested in all this stuff or is watching all this stuff and it wasn't a big you know it wasn't like the president was like guess what I'm a space alien and he rips off his head and they're like oh free hookers Uh, See, now, that's the kind of controversy I want. One where it's controversial, but it's super awesome and hookers. So just more hookers all the time in all controversies um, in which they are free and for the masses. There. I know that's a very specific set of things that I need, but there you go. So anyway, so uh, there's no music yet because this is a music controversy. Ta-da! All right. So, uh, so anyway, so a quick background on this controversy. Um, the uh, super annoying, shitty television show Glee has apparently run out of songs uh, to cover and water down. So uh, they chose uh, Baby Got Back, which odd choice, right? You know, like, why would, I mean, this is supposedly like a fairly family-friendly show, and this whole song is about this dude who likes women with big asses. That doesn't seem like a smart choice. That doesn't seem like a family-friendly choice. Why would they pick that? They picked it because there was another guy who already did a really cool arrangement of it, and they decided to lift it. So I'm gonna, what I'm gonna do right now is I'll play you uh, the first, I'm going to play you the Glee version, and then I'll play you, uh, the man's name is Jonathan Colton, and, uh, he, uh, rose to fame by quitting his programming job and then, uh, writing a new song a week. He called it Thing a Week. I don't know if it's still out there in Podcastville, but anyway, so he did, he did one new song a week, and sometimes they weren't always new, uh, to him, but sometimes he would do rearrangements of it, so the cover version of all of this is uh, uh, from his Thing a Week series. And uh, it was about like the fifth week in, and he was like, oh gosh, I don't know if I can think of a song this week to do, so I'll just do uh, a cover of Sir Mix-a-Lot's classic from 1980, whatever. Uh, so anyway, so here it is, the Fox version. LA face with the I like big 
thoughts and I cannot lie You other brothers can't deny When a girl walks in with a nitty bitty waist And a round thing in your face Okay, now freeze that beginning in your in your head the, Something with the Oakland booty face with the Oakland booty Sound familiar? This is the Jonathan Colton version Same banjo, same everything I like big butts and I cannot lie You so now, of course, uh, his vocal is different. They've gotten somebody else to sing it, but it's it's the exact, I'm getting crazy here. I'm knocking things over. I'm fired up, but it's the exact same thing, right? Like there's just no different. And in this age of the internet, I don't know how or why you think you could get away with doing this and not be discovered. Uh, the, one of the things, if you read articles about it, um, Jonathan Colton, um, the only response he has gotten from Fox's attorneys on this is, hey, you should be happy you're getting this exposure. So maybe that's their plan, right? It's just like, eh, this guy's little, he doesn't have any attorneys, we'll just do this and, you know, who cares? Uh, it, 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 although I am sure that's what the lawyers are saying. The, the, and, the, and the thing is, is that you can't really blame Fox for this. I mean, this is some rogue uh, music supervisor who was just like, I'm out of ideas, I got nothing. I just I have to come up with something, we're gonna steal something, we'll steal this and will suffer the consequences later. Meanwhile, of course, this music supervisor and maybe an intern are the only people who know this is stolen. So uh, the Fox attorneys will probably find out Monday morning and they're just like, oh God, really? All right. Mm. So anyway, so um, good old Jonathan Colton. Oh, do you might also know Jonathan Colton because he did uh, the finale song uh, from the hit video game Portal, which uh, I should have put that on here, yeah, but all right, maybe next week I'll put that on there, because that's a great song. Um, although, you know, it helps to listen to the lyrics, and of course I'm yammering over the top of this all the time, so you can't really do that. But anyway, um, so uh, before we get to Sketchfest, uh, I have to tell you about, uh, we went to uh, the Ben, Fold, ben Folds reunion concert and uh, they broke up I want to say like 10 years ago and then uh, in that time uh, Ben Folds released Rock in the Suburbs which is a great album uh, but I had never seen Ben Folds 5 live and so I I was like yeah I really I wanted to want to do that so um, you know uh, uh, Jay Moore on his podcast he tells a story about how audiences will ruin a performance every single time and uh, there is a story he has where uh, he went to go see Christopher Walken in a play and um, there's a there's a thing where Christopher Walken is supposed to drop a cigarette and it's intentionally, you know, he meant to do it and then he drops it and he goes, oh, shoot. And the audience goes batshit crazy and you know, because this was height, the height of like, you know, I need more cowbell and the audience was just juiced because they were like, Walken! And, uh, and, and Jay Moore is like, it, it felt like watching a sitcom. It was just so over the top and ridiculous. So, Actually, um, when it comes to females, Cosmo does not have very much to do at all with my selection. 
Anyway, so sorry, I just wanted to hear that talky bit there. Uh, so anyway, so um, we, when we went to go see uh, Ben Folds, uh, it, uh, it was at the Warfield Theater, and uh, it, we stood on the floor very close to the stage, and I would say I was about four feet away from the stage speakers. And it wasn't, you know, deafeningly loud. I wasn't going to see, you know, Metallica or a Testament or something like that. But it was, you know, it was fairly, you know, it was, you were right in front of the speaker, so there was no missing it. Uh, and um, the reason I bring this up is the woman behind me, and again, she's probably about four feet behind me, so I'm in between, I'm just in the middle point between her and the speakers. Um, she starts singing along, and she is terrible, amazingly bad. So being the podcaster that I am, I pulled out my phone because I was like, I want everybody in podcast land to be able to hear this. And um, she does not disappoint this broad and, and, and just not slowed down by her awfulness at all. I'm assuming she was drunk because uh, doing this sort of thing sober either means uh, you just have no concept of what is good, um, or you're just an asshole. So, um, as we fade out with Baby Got Back, I can't even remember what song it is, uh, but you will hear, um, and, and by the way, mad props to the microphone that they put on the iPhone, because I'm four feet away from the speakers, and, and most microphones, would they would be distorted and blown out and awful. Not the iPhone. I, I just used the little voice memo program. I didn't have anything, you know, special. So, uh, oh, baby got back. Uh, so uh, here she is, the awful singing woman from the Ben Folds 5 show. And, and it's great, too, because it's such a slow song. There's just no mistaking uh, how loud she is. Anyway, I'm just gonna uh, leave uh, her <laughs> caterwauling in the background while I continue to talk. Um, yeah, a great show. Uh, uh, by all means, uh, go see him if you can. Uh, the the interesting thing about Ben Folds Five is their instrumentation is uh, piano, drums, and a bass player. And you would think like, oh, uh, Ben Folds can handle the bass part on the keyboard. Why not do something like guitar or some other thing? And he's actually really an amazing dynamic bass player. And he's got you know, distortion pedals and all this effects and stuff. And it totally works. And I don't know why. I can't explain it. It's over. Oh, she is the best. <laughs> you know, as awful as it was, Miriam was... Um, for, you know, even farther behind, because uh, Miriam was behind this girl, and she could see this woman singing, and she just sees me vibrating with laughter with my head down of just how awful she is. And she's so loud, so, so loud. Anyway, um, I'm, now I'm distracted by her, I don't care, she's awesome. So, awesomely bad. Um, so, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's rare that I ever toot my own horn, uh, but I, I, I went back and I listened to something I had done a while ago, and I'll tell you why in a minute. Um, it is the sketch that is in here uh, called Sea Land. I'm not going to explain it. Just go and listen to it. It's like three minutes. 
And so, um, oh, and then now that the, she's done and fading out, uh, we're gonna, we're gonna, oh, so anyway, go listen to Sea Land. It was one of the few things that I've done that I've written and, you know, and, and put some effort into that I actually like, which is weird because I actually don't remember writing it. You know, I must have, I must have put a ton of effort in it because there's sound effects and all this other stuff. So, um, yeah, yeah, anyway, just listen to it. Um, so, uh, one of the reasons, so now uh, we're going to play some Ben Folds for you. Uh, this is the studio version. Uh, I I picked this song. I didn't want to pick the song she was singing along to. It's kind of a downer, and this is a, a fun song, and you can really hear the bass in the in this song as well. So, uh, one of the reasons that the, the, how I picked the music for this episode, uh, I... Uh, there was a thing uh, that they do on YouTube called Screen Junkies, and uh, this guy, uh, it's actually a very funny web series. Uh, one of the things they did is they did uh, interviews with women uh, in their like early to mid-twenties, and they asked them uh, movie questions, and they were like, I have no idea what you're talking about, you know, like, and these were movies that were older, but not you know, super old, and they certainly were not obscure movies either. I mean, he makes a Star Wars reference at one point. She's like, I have no idea what that is. I don't know what you're talking about. You know, droids? I don't know. But one of the things that he does mention, he makes an, a, an allusion to um, some kind of wonderful. No, not some kind of wonderful. Yeah, there you go. That Not, not obscure at all. No, to uh, say anything where Lloyd Dobler holds the boombox over his head and plays Peter Gabriel. And he was like, and I think the question was something like, you know, what if I held a boombox over my head? And she says, it depends on what it would be playing. And, I, and he says, Peter Gabriel. And she's like, I don't know who that is. And then they go through, like, all the women, you know, that he interviewed. And they all say, like, I don't know who Peter Gabriel is. Which is like, look, <laughs> I, I, again, not obscure. And, you know, I think, and he was enormous in the 80s, right? And so these these broads, I think, were alive in the 80s. Were they? Gosh, I don't know. My math is bad on this. Oh, maybe not. Oh, but anyway, but still, come on. They don't have an older brother. So, um, again, getting back to that whole, like, you know, you live in your own universe and you don't understand what other people know and what they don't. So, uh, for the music uh, this round, I just picked... Oh, Ben Folds, you are so delightful. I just picked a bunch of stuff that I'm like, oh, I know it. I like it. I've heard of all these people, but maybe there are people out there who haven't. And they... Yeah, crunchy bass. Let's go. All right. Oh, that's badass. Anyway, so uh, you're going to hear a sampling of people uh, today that, uh, you know, maybe aren't the top of everybody's dance charts, but uh, I think they're important and they should be remembered. Okay, so let's get into Sketchfest. Um, so uh, we're also gonna feature a, a bunch of comedy songs too because uh, Sketchfest is, you know, comedy. Um, so uh, for those of you who don't know, Sketchfest is a big uh, month-long thing that they do in San Francisco, and it's predominantly a lot of uh, just acts who 
perform almost exclusively in Los Angeles, and then they get them to come up here and charge you, you know, three times as much as you would if you saw them in Los Angeles. But fine, whatever, it, you know. Uh, but also one of the other really cool things that they do is they do um, sort of reunions or anniversary specials or whatever. And so, uh, you know, in the past they've had the cast of Airplane or, uh, you know, uh, I can't think of anything else that they've done. But anyway, so this time um, they did, oh, a little Gypsy Kings here for you. I, 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 we were in... Um, some store and this woman had oh no we were at a winery that we were at and this woman who's kind of her english wasn't great she clearly speaks spanish she had santana on because she you know liked him because he's from mexico she's from mexico and i was like oh you must have heard of the gypsy kings she's like nope again gypsy kings awesome anyway so um one of the things that they did this time around was party down a uh, TV show that got canceled way too soon, and um, they did a reunion of the main players of Party Down. So, for those of you who know the show, uh, there was, uh, in not attendance, was uh, Jane Lynch. I'm sorry, I, I, can anybody not dance right now? I mean, it's impossible, right? I mean, just even if it's just from, you know the ribs down, you're still going to be doing a little bit of this, right? So anyway, if the volume on this like uh, vacillates wildly, that's what I'm doing. I'm just doing a little twist. Uh, 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 right there. Okay. So um, it's, um, it was, okay. So uh, in not, oh, good Lord. In not attendance uh, was uh, Jane Lynch, uh, Megan Mullally, or Jennifer Coolidge. Uh, but everybody else there was. So Ken Marino, uh, Lizzie Kaplan, Adam Scott, who you may know from um, uh, uh, Parks, and, Parks and Rec, or uh, he's the, the, the stepbrother. He, I mean, he's the bad brother in Step Brothers. Uh, and a man who has the biggest hair ever. And, and all moderated by Paul Shear from NTSD SUV and Human Giant and all that. So um, when I go to these things, I like to ask questions if that is possible, you know. Uh, and uh, the the show before that that I had gone to was the reunion of Pinky and the Brain. So again, if you don't remember Pinky and the Brain, go find it. I, I don't know if, I, I mean, I obviously can't look at it through the lens of never seeing it before, but it's tremendous. Oh my God, is it great. So, um, there is this one episode when, um, so anyway, so Orson Welles is notorious. Uh, he has this outtake on the internet of him yelling at people at a voiceover session. The, the voice of the brain is modeled after Orson Welles. And there's this episode of Pinky and the Brain where they basically reproduce that entire segment where he's yelling at these people in a voiceover session. And when I saw this, you know, in 1997 or, no, no, was, I'm still in college at this point. It was 93 or 92. I knew this reference because I was broadcasting major, right? And this is way, way pre-internet. So, you know, I don't know. I'm, so I'm watching this and it's blowing my mind because I'm like, how many people are getting this joke? It's like two people out there who are, you know, the Venn diagram of people who watch cartoons, which may or may not be 
aimed at kids, and uh, guys who know Orson Welles yelled at an engineer, t- you know, 40 years ago. Pretty, pretty small sliver right there in the middle there. So, um, so I, uh, I have been wondering about this for 20 years of like just. God, why did they do that? How did they know that anybody, how did, did anybody tell them, no, you can't do that? So, um, I, I went to the reunion of Pinky and the Brain. I got to ask my question. The answer was not what I was expecting, but it was amazing because apparently the guy who does the voice of the brain, Maurice LaMarche, uh, he's done a lot of voices for other things, a lot of voices on Futurama, but anyway, um, he would do... He had that whole Orson Welles rant memorized, and he would do it at the drop of a hat. And so uh, he would uh, he would do it whenever he would just test a microphone. He would launch into this rant. And so the writers on the show thought it'd be really funny if, because you know he did it and he knew it, they would just have him do it as part of the show. And but the story is is that. Uh, he was friends with Sam Kennison, the late great stand-up comedian Sam Kennison had died uh, a week before they were going to record this session and uh, the day of the recording was the funeral and Maurice LaMarche was not interested in doing anything and they hadn't even told him that they were going to be doing this. The, the whole script was a surprise to him. and. Um, so, so he gets there and they just hand him the script and, you know, he launches into, there's an, there's an old woman in Lancaster County. And then he just, from that point on, he's like, oh my God, this was like the greatest gift they could have given me today. The saddest of sad days, giving me this thing that's just something that I know and love and wanted to do since forever. And now I get to do it. And, um, and so it was a really beautiful story. And I was like, God damn it, that's right, man. I can ask good questions. I'm not some, some weirdo, creepy stalker guy. Maybe I am. But yeah, I can ask questions that are good and, and inspire people. So, so then, flash forward to the party down one. And um, I, I won't go into everything that, that came from that. I will tell you one thing that happened in, in the thing. Um, they all came out with finger splints on. And anytime anybody would mention it, they would just be like, come on, man. We don't, no, don't don't ask about that, you know? And so it would go on, it was very funny. And in fact, one guy asked a question. Uh, he said, hey man, what is up with your fingers? And Ken Marino, like two questions later, Ken Marino runs up to the balcony, this was at Cobb's Comedy Club, and just, yells at the guy. He like just gets in his face and just screams at him. I told you not to ask about the finger splints. And it was just like, it was so crazy. But anyway, so, so I go to the party down thing and I'm there. So this is the Mr. Norman song. I'll tell you more about that in a second. So I go to the, the party down thing because I have a question I want to ask. Um, if you go back and listen to the episode called Breakdown, I think it's in the 20s somewhere of, of this podcast. Um, I have a minor freak out 
uh, because, by the way, don't listen to the whole episode. It is not good. And this is what I was talking about earlier when I said I went back and listened to some old episodes. That episode is not good. It's, it's, uh, yeah, it's a lot of whining and complaining and there's no music and it's not fun. It's not fun. Uh, and so don't listen to it. But anyway, uh, in the last like five minutes or so of that episode, I tell this story about waking up after watching a Party Down episode uh, and realizing that my shitty career modeled very closely the shitty career of uh, the lead character in that played by Ken Marino. And so my question when I got to the Party Down reunion was, uh, you know, I freaked out. My career was going about as poorly as uh, Ron's, you know, Ken Marino's character Ron in the show. And uh, just to make me feel better, could you tell me about a time when you freaked out because your career maybe wasn't going like you had hoped? And Paul Shear ran from me. <laughs> he could not get farther away faster. Now look, I'm not an imposing guy. I thought it was a really good question, you know, because these are struggling actors, you know, until this show came off, you know, and oh, Martin Starr. Martin Starr was also there from Freaks and Geeks. Anyway, um, uh, yeah, and then all the other assholes who came after me asked questions, well, except for that finger splint guy. That guy was really funny. I mean, he wasn't funny, but it was just a funny reaction. But all the other ones were like, did you ever dream of doing comedy or did you want to be a serious actor? It's like, fuck you, man. That's a shit ass question. My question was awesome. It could have been great. And all they had to be like, I mean, I mean, Ken Marino, again, very nice. Uh, he, he, he tried to, to make me feel less shitty about how fast Paul was running away from me. But I was like, it was a, it was a setback. I'll be honest with you. It was a little bit of a setback. Uh, it's not going to throw me into a spiral. Oh, quickly before this Mr. Norman song ends. I think it's a Zay Frank project that he was working on. I don't know. I just found it in my downloads folder and I hit play and I was like, that's really cool. I wonder what that is. Oh, and this is Tom Lehrer. Tom Lehrer wrote comedy songs in uh, the 40s, 50s, something like that. And they're really funny. And But with the weird thing about Tom Lehrer's career is that um, he just gave it up. He recorded like three albums, and then he was like, no, I'm not doing this anymore. And he wrote a song about the elements, which people still sing today. And it's it's a weird thing. Like he, and, and not only did he quit show business, he went on to teach like math at UC Santa Cruz. And I'm like, what? Why? What? So anyway, Tom Lehrer, everybody should not be forgotten. Um, so then the good news is, is I went to uh, the taping of the podcast Who Charted, which is a if if you want to see a podcast live, that's the one to do. Most of the the times I would imagine podcast live is kind of stupid because it's just people talking into microphones but that one they get a lot of audience interaction going so it's a lot of fun but um, I asked uh, Kulap Velisak, uh, the host, one of the hosts of the show afterwards uh, I asked her a question um, about uh, the episode all about Lee and um, basically uh, I'm not going to get into it. It's, it's too boring and it's too inside unless you listen to the podcast. But it was great. Like the, the, the answer I got 
was exactly what I wanted. So now I'm back on top again. And she is, oh my God. If you get the chance to meet Kulat Velisok, you really should. Cause she is a Tasmanian devil ball of energy and fun. She just is excited to meet you, happy you're there. Um, and, uh, and it was a huge treat. Uh, I, I really uh, enjoyed it quite a bit. So anyway, here's your Peter Gabriel, as promised. Um, yeah, and and uh, this is this. Oh, so anyway, so I just finished a re-edit of uh, the uh, movie Sixteen Candles, and I remade it into a horror movie. So a horror movie trailer. Um, and the my the reason I did it is because uh, they did one of those recut movie trailers of The Shining, and they used this song in it to make it like a romantic comedy type of movie. And it's just really amazing the power of what song you put in your trailer as how it affects the mood. So anyway, and because I was going to do Peter Gabriel anyway, I was like, oh yeah, I got to use this song. Okay, so uh, I gotten the big stuff out of the way. Just I want to do a little bit of housekeeping and, and some, some random thoughts that happened uh, during the break here. Um, a friend of the show, uh, Steve Portugal, who you see in the best of UGTV.org um, uh, video that you can see on the website. Uh, he's the guy in the background with the confetti and the noisemakers during the annoying question of the interview. Uh, we went to go see Rift Tracks, which is uh, half of the guys who used to do Mystery Science Theater 3000. And uh, they, you know, just talk over movies and and uh, and the whole series of movies they had this time were like like 1960s, like hygiene films and stuff. It's very odd. But uh, while we were eating pizza for the show to start, uh, Steve had mentioned that how weird the idea of uh, Toy Story is where you know this is a group of toys that love each other and and get along great and they and they help each other out of tough situations but their lives are completely meaningless without the validation of Andy and it's like who the fuck gives who cares about Andy I mean we're together man we're a team you got a friend in me bitch that should be enough we shouldn't have to like require validate. Oh my God, I'm realizing I require validation from all those people I asked questions of. Jesus Christ, what is the matter with me? I guess I answered my own question there. Well, I, all right, all right, all right, yeah, okay. Okay, man. Speaking of my own fragile psyche, um, and I don't know if I should be doing this anymore, but I, when I, um, on my lunch break sometimes, oh, by the way, I hate my job. Yeah, yeah, yeah I gotta get a new job. That job's no good. Uh, way too stressful. Look, very nice people, good company, nice benefits, but too, too stressful. I, I need something a little, a little more uh, predictable, I guess is the, uh, not, not just predictable, but something where I have a, a, a lot more control over the outcome. So um, I, I watched Zay Frank, uh, as you know, I'm a big fan of Zay Frank, uh, and recently he uh, has suffered, he admitted suffering from Peter Pan syndrome, and uh, you know, I, and I know people who are very Peter Pan-ish, and I, I get those, you know, I understand what's happening there, but uh, I, 
I'd never really thought of myself as one of those guys until I uh, heard the episode that he did and played a clip of, uh, and well, he, he talked about um, uh, what one noted psychologist said about that. And uh, I noticed a lot of similarities. So uh, let's take a listen. This is around the time that I heard the words puer eternus, or the eternal child, or the child god, something that Jung calls a neurosis. You can sort of sum it up by saying you don't want to grow up, like you never got the memo on 1 Corinthians 13 when it says, when I became an adult, I set aside my childish ways. Which ways? Let me read you some of the symptoms of the puer eternus and see if a fork doesn't stick into your stomach. One, have great difficulty in finding the right kind of job. Two, having the charm of youth and the stirring quality of a drink of champagne. Three, a secret thought that one day one will be able to save the world. Four, a rich inner fantasy life. Five, a fear of being pinned down, caught in a situation from which it will be impossible to slip out again. Six, every just so situation is hell. The feeling of a provisional life, the feeling that one is not yet in real life, that life is not yet what is really wanted, and there is always a fantasy that sometime in the future, the real thing will come about. It's Peter Pan, it's the little prince, Dionysus, and it's vicious. So now I'm listening to this, and I'm completely crestfallen because I'm just like, oh my god, everything he just said, everything he just said is me to a T. To a T! Uh, so, oh, hey, though this is uh, Garfunkel and Oates. Uh, they are a female comedy singing duo, and we also saw them live as part of SF Sketchfest. This song is crazy. It's about how uh, Ricky, who is the blonde, who would be, I guess, um, uh, oh, uh, Garfunkel. Uh, no. Yeah, yeah, Garfunkel in this situation. Um, how she was in a go-kart and it was starting to vibrate and it caused her to have an orgasm. Now, <laughs> this is amazing. Like, that they would do this song in front of a bunch of strangers who now I know she orgasms easily. And um, as part of the, you know, telling of the story, Oates was like, yeah, I didn't feel anything. So now, not only do I know that Garfunkel masturbate, I mean, uh, orgasms easily, I know Oates, not so much. All right. Now, isn't that interesting? Because she probably uh, didn't, didn't even think, uh, like, she would be revealing anything about herself. She just thought, oh, Ricky's crazy. She, you know, uh, she's fine with telling people she masturbates on a go-kart. Not even masturbates, like, gets off on a go-kart. She didn't even have to use her hands. Fuck, man, that, is, that sounds the, like the best. And, you know, it was weird, too, because, like, in the story, Ricky's like, yeah, I, I couldn't even drive. I just had to pull over and wait till it was done. And I'm just like, motherfucker, that sounds awesome. How do I get, how do I, how do I, what, what kind of thing do I have to put on my dick so my go-kart makes me do that? So, uh, just a couple of other things. Um, uh, so our friend uh, Amy, who will be coming on the show uh, probably next time to talk about her trip to Cuba. Uh, I guess this is a teaser for the future. Uh, we've talked about... Um, uh, you know, uh, my trip to New Zealand, uh, uh, Virginia, living in Australia. Uh, so why not? You know, uh, Cuba, most people don't get to go to. And until the embargo is listed, lift, listed or lifted, uh, you, you won't get to either. But we'll get to find out uh, how she did it and, and what she had to do to get there and the kind of experience she had. So uh, looking forward to uh, that coming up soon. 
Oh, and one last thing uh, before we go. Um, I, the, we went wine tasting the other weekend, and uh, one of the guys at the wine tasting place, uh, he had this uh, thing called the stylophone, which was this crazy invention of, uh, it was just a stylus that ran over a keyboard and it made the most horrific noise ever. But what he had people do, which was kind of interesting, he said, now, when you drink with your, I think he was like, drink with your non-dominant hand and run the stylophone with the other while you're drinking. And, and it was weird. Like, it changed people's perception of the wine. Like, because they were sort of focusing on the other thing and they were not focusing on what they were drinking, like, it, 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 it changed the experience. So... Maybe I should recommend people start masturbating while listening to this podcast. Yeah, change the experience. Okay, so from me, from SF Sketchfest, to uh, going strong in, in the new year, let's do this one more time. Till then! Yeah.